Hello, you are welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel for yet another powerful, sobering, and inspiring word from God. Grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick Kaluluma from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. God. So we began speaking about heaven some weeks ago. However, we had a few diversions in the services. So if you can go back um, four weeks ago, praise God. And a few things that we noted about heaven is that number one, heaven was created according to Genesis 1 verse 1. Number two, God has set up his throne in heaven according to Psalms 103 verse 19. Then number three was my favorite point that week. Heaven is beautiful. It's a nice place. And we can see that in Revelations chapter number 4 verse 2. And I think I, I mentioned something interesting about it. I mentioned that when we are talking about heaven, you get to realize that For believers, topics such as rapture and all those, we are never written to scare them. If you read in the book of Thessalonians, it was written actually to comfort them. So for believers, when we hear of judgment there and the like, it's so comforting. Because we'll get our just rewards. Praise God. Today, emphasize a few things about heaven. And the first one, which might actually rest on this point, which I really want us to know, is that heaven is a place that is actually existing right now. As simple as that may sound, that can be when you recognize that it's actually a place that is, as it stands, something is happening there. We may not fully comprehend it because biblically there are what are called heavenly things. I believe there are certain things about heaven that cannot be explained using earthly language. They are actually what called heavenly things. I'll give you an example of something that's heavenly. 
angels. Angels. Why do I say so? They are really not like those cute little babies you see in cartoons shooting people and they fall in love. There is a reason why when they would appear, they would say, fear not. <laughs> there was something to fear. <laughs> Haven't you ever realized, if you've read the story of, is it Samson, how that after he had interacted with the angel of the Lord, his parents, that is, uh, the father whose name sounds very similar to Moana. Um, no, it sounds very similar. <laughs> But haven't you observed that after he had interacted, he, when they realized it was the angel of the Lord, they looked at each other with the wife and said, we're going to die. We have just seen the face of God. And the wife said, no, he wouldn't have allowed us to see him. It's, it's a big deal. This is not a small deal. So I would want us to realize that heaven is actually existing right now. And there are what are called heavenly things. I can actually show you from the scriptures that they are what are called heavenly things. There is a wisdom that heaven has that the earth does not know. And we'll go into details of some of these things, but when you look at John chapter number 3, and I want you to go over there to verse... Um, Verse 9 to 12. The Bible says, Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel? And do not know these things. Most assuredly I say to you, We speak what we know and testify what we have seen. And you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe how will you believe if i tell you heavenly things in short there's a dimension that's higher that's why there are certain things i don't um, have time to explain to a person who's not willing to learn have you observed that there's a way jesus responded to those who are willing to learn but there's also a way he responded to those who are coming to mock there are certain questions which when people ask me, I've got no response for them. Or I'll find a very Jesus kind of response. Jesus used to answer penalties. Jesus had serious penalties. You guys have never seen some of his penalties. <laughs> Let the dead go bury the dead. Sometimes, you know, when people say certain things to me, they say, Pastor, you're not understanding. And I say, the Jesus in your head and the one in the Bible, two different people. <laughs> that man was so interested. Um, for example, if somebody came to me to mock speaking in tongues, I've got no, I used to spend a lot of time debating until the day I realized that most of them really were not very interested in the answer. Because the thing is, they were taught this doctrine by people who don't speak in tongues in the first place. So they will side on the, no, you must interpret. I said, okay, before we reach interpretation, <laughs> let's at least speak. Let's have something to interpret. Praise God. But, but when you're praying in tongues, I don't understand you. That's the whole point. You think I want you to know my business. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it private here. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just saying, these, when you realize that the way the system of God works, let me show you something. As we, 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. This portion of scripture blesses me every time I read it. And we're going to read from verse, uh, let's start all the way from verse 2. Woohoo! Uh -huh. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. We'll go all the way to Samuel 13. I was with you in weakness, in much fear, and in much trembling. Uh -huh. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power there. Notice Paul is explaining how he met with the Corinthian church. And the first thing he said is, number one, he determined not to know anything among them. 
by the way, this is one key to missionary work to evangelism. He didn't come to hear, oh, so what do you think of that one? What do you think? He wasn't paying attention to anyone's rumors about anyone. All he wanted was, all he cared about is, look, this is somebody Jesus died for. Didn't care about their past, didn't care about their reputation. That's what he cared about. And he handled it with much fear and trembling. I mean, knowing that you're handling someone so precious. It's like if you're going to do a surgery, you're not going to do it carelessly, are you? And then he says, my speech and preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and power. There are many people whom um, my first encounter with them, personally, has been as a result of them needing a demonstration of the spirit and of power. And this is something that I see every day. Every day. Okay? Almost on a daily basis. There's a, there's a crazy testimony that's cooking up at one of the houses here. We were there yesterday. And uh, we laid hands on the father because he had a stroke. And we just felt the power of God boom, injected in. And he looked and said, I can't feel the pain anymore. And there's something moving in my legs. He said, there's something moving in my legs. I said, don't worry, you can't fake that. It's real. You know what I'm talking about, eh? I can give testimony. As a matter of fact, now we've reached a stage where if we wanted, we could just stand. You, there. Tell us your testimony. Now, and then that one, and then that one, and then that one. Because honestly, we've had so many. We've had so many. But that's usually our first interaction with people. And if I'm to be honest with you, over the years, a number of people have come, maybe they've come and say, okay, we want to be mentored, we want to be taught. And usually they're expecting to hear something like really flamboyant, you know, like something very... So when you're praying for the sick, do your hand like this. Then make sure your leg is like this. <laughs> I don't know, people are usually waiting for something so flamboyant. And yet, I want you to know that this meeting point is an introductory one. But it's not the, how best can I put this? It's not the basis of discipleship. Some people think discipleship means every time we meet, we must fall. <laughs> like, like people think, oh, those people who are close to Apostle, probably <laughs> every day when they meet, greetings Apostle, take it on the ground. <laughs> when they're about to wake up, take it again. <laughs> Apostle, I'm going home now, take it as you go home. That's not usually the case. It's usually a little different from that. Why? The next verse explains. And he said that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Next verse. Hmm. Come to think about it. Please remind me, we need a power session with the Sunday school. You know, it's, 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 don't you think that's a good time for them to have their faith rested in the power of God? Yeah. And if you've noticed, a person who's experienced God's power, you can't convince them otherwise. You can't. And it says that your faith, now look at the next verse. It says, however, we speak the wisdom, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. So meaning, as we are in the growing phase, how you know you're maturing is when you can actually sit down and listen to wisdom. Let me tell you why. Because Jesus did not promise the disciples that he would multiply the fish in the water every day. You know what he promised them? That he would make them fishers of men. I don't know how best to communicate this. What I'm trying to say is this. It's one thing for a person to come and say, uh, man of God, pray for me. I need a healing. And we pray for them. It's another thing for them to learn the very principles that are causing me to communicate the power of God like that and then be able to communicate the power of God themselves in every sphere of their lives. That's discipleship. That's usually where discipleship comes in. It's where you actually listen to the words. God. The day you understand that you value church services. Now, we speak the wisdom, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. 
Uh-huh. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Somebody say there is wisdom which God has ordained for my glory. Praise God. Verse 8. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. Now when it speaks of the rulers of the age, some of us would think of people. But really, it's the enemy that was controlling those people. If you've paid a bit of attention, the time when they were coming to arrest Jesus, and then Peter got a sword and slashed off the ear. Do you remember what Jesus said? He said, young man, don't you know that if I was to pray, my father would send 12 legions of angels. But now is their time and the power of darkness. So they didn't come alone. They came with forces. And those are the rulers of this age. And you can see that also when you read Ephesians 6. And now... It says, had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What this simply means is that God's wisdom is so hidden that Satan didn't know he was participating in God's plan. Didn't know. The guy was blank. Like I said, I've got a feeling, you know, after Jesus was crucified, they had a party like, like you know, down in, down in hell. They're busy singing and all that kind of stuff, and <laughs> the only song that comes to my head, okay, I won't mention it. <laughs> I will not mention it. It's a really funny one, which you wouldn't expect me to know. I knew it when I was younger. But anyways, I won't mention it. So nevertheless, I've got a feeling they were just singing, and they were so happy that he's gone. And then probably, if, if he's like me, which I think I got it from him, you know, the, it just went five, four, three, two. <laughs> and then probably a theme song started and then Jesus walks in and says, yeah. And then he grabbed, uh, if you read Colossians, the Bible tells us he, he made a mockery of him. So I'm gonna, he left all those and just went for Satan and said, is this your king? <laughs> so they actually didn't know they were as a favor. The same way Joseph's brothers didn't know they were giving him free transport. You know what I mean? The guy got free transport to Egypt. Free transport. Praise God. Goes to Potiphar's wife. There was the only, when he was in uh, Potiphar's house, the level that he was at was probably the highest level he could have ever attained there. The lady decided to accuse him and gave him free transport to prison. Prison, he connected to the person who was going to connect him to the king. Can you imagine that Potiphar now had to bow down to Joseph? <laughs> but one thing I love about Joseph is he never stopped being a breakthrough to others, even when he needed one himself. The other thing I love about Joseph is that he kept, he, he kept the gift. There's a way he still nurtured the gift. He still knew how to communicate with God. He knew how to hear God. He still sharpened it. What am I trying to say? You may be in a position right now which on the earthly side may look really, really rough. But your level of visions, highest levels. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Let's continue, because we're still talking about heaven. Now, this verse should never be the theme scripture of your life. Because if it's the theme scripture of your life, then you've not read the next verse. That's the problem. Look at this. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen, no ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of the man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Just wait there. I've had cases where someone has come to me and said, Pastor, God showed me a vision about you. I said, feel free. God showed me that what eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, and what hasn't entered into the heart of a man, he's doing that for you. Like, okay, I'm waiting for the vision. <laughs> Isn't that the whole point of seeing the vision? <laughs> so that what eye has not seen, I should know it. So I'm there, I'm like, you left too early. You switched off. It's like a Marvel movie. You wait even when the movie looks like it's over, there's always like a part. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know that. 
have watched two now. Yeah. Praise God. What I'm trying to say is, this is not our portion. Remember, I've taught you how to know which audience is being addressed. Because for me, Jesus said, blessed are your eyes for they see. Blessed are your ears for they hear. And in case you think we're making it up, look at the very next verse. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So the things that I has not seen, God has revealed. How? By his spirit. So when I'm praying for myself, which is something I would encourage you to pray when you're praying for yourself. I pray saying, blessed are my eyes, for they see the things of God. And my ears, for they hear the things of God. And my mind, for it perceives the thoughts of God. And it says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So the wisdom of God over your life does not need to remain a mystery. You can know your path. <laughs> you can know which way to go. You can go above the level of waiting for a circumstance to take you out of Jerusalem. You can reach the level of Paul where you just see the man saying, come. Come, we are calling you. You can know where you're supposed to be. It's the wisdom of God. And it's revealed how through his spirit. Why? His spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So we don't even have to just stay on the things of God. We can go to the deep things of God. This, this portion of scripture is a sermon on its own. Eh? Let's continue. For what man knows the things of a man? except the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. When I read this scripture, I discovered actually, as time goes by, you can develop such an awareness that your spirit man can tell you the things about you. I'll never forget one time I had a dream. And I could tell this was from my spirit man. And in the dream, I was put on a specific diet for the next month. It wasn't a fast, it was a diet. My body was <laughs> detoxing from certain foods. It was hard. There are certain things that were told, don't take this, don't take this, don't take this, don't take this for a month. After that month, I started feeling fitter. And I noticed I could work more hours. Praise God. In the same way, your spirit man can tell you if you're jealous. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> you know you can tell if you're insecure. Your spirit can tell. But in the same way your spirit knows about you, what we're being told is that the Holy Spirit knows about God. And so the Holy Spirit can reveal to you the things of God. Okay. So I, I just thought I should mention that because these things are heavenly. And my main point for today is Heaven is existing right now. As we speak, heaven is happening. Okay? Sometimes it's difficult to comprehend, but the fact is, even in the earthly realm, if we were to use earthly examples, um, it's currently 11 hours in Zambia. I think Kenya is an hour ahead. So in Kenya, they're not experiencing 11 hours. They're experiencing 12 hours. In China, they're experiencing what? 6 p.m.? 5 p.m. In Australia, I don't know what time it is there. There are some people who enter the new year faster. Others were already in 2021. We're in 2020. Why? Because even just in the earthly realm, we've gotten to see that people can be experiencing more than one reality. People can experience different realities at the same time. It's happening. As it stands, you're seated here in church. This is your reality. Somebody else is at a bar. That's their reality at this point. At this very moment, somebody is lifting their hands, another one is lifting the bottle. At this very moment, I'm telling you, in the same way, right now as earth is happening, heaven is happening. It's not going to start happening in the future. It's happening now. And I'll show you a few scriptures that show some parallels between the heavenly realms and the earthly. One of them, I've got a further theological explanation, but I may not delve into that. Maybe another day. Luke 16 and verse 19. 
Luke 16 and verse 19. If God permits, we might delve into the further uh, theological explanation. So the Bible says, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Uh-huh. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. I said I've got this further explanation um, on what Abraham's bosom really is. But one of, what, what I can mention is before the Lord Jesus died, resurrected, and went to heaven, this is where they would go. And that's why you'll notice something interesting that happened in the book of Matthew. Do you remember in the book of Matthew that when Jesus resurrected, there are many other people who resurrected as well? You've seen that before, right? Have you? Some people are not saying yes. You can see that in Matthew 27, verse 52. It says, And the graves opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and notice the word, and appeared many. But that's another topic for another day. Because I'm already seeing <laughs> the faces. But that's another topic for another day because it would also take us to Ephesians, which shows how when he ascended, he led captives in his string. Anyways, that's a topic for another day. But I want us just to see something. The rich man also died and was buried. And then the rich man went somewhere. Let's go. Next verse. 23, please. And being in torments in Hades. Hades is the other word for hell. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abram afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, what's interesting is that both Lazarus and the rich man were experiencing a particular reality. And yet on earth, there were funerals taking place. We don't know how long the rich funeral was. We don't know how posh it was. We don't know how expensive whatever he was buried in was. We don't even know if Lazarus was buried. There's even a chance his, dog, his, his body was just thrown and the dogs finished what they had started. There's actually a chance. But they were each experiencing a reality at the same time. And notice... The rich man cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. By the way, this is not even the lake of fire. Because if you've read the book of Revelations, hell will be thrown in the lake of fire. In case you think Satan will be enjoying and having a party. It was made for his punishment. This is just a waiting place where the demons that were influencing people can now have a go at them before they get punished together. Those things are liars. I'm telling you, they will mock, they will laugh at people, say, you believed us. You believed us when we would deceive you. <laughs> and now, observe this. Abraham said, son, in your lifetime you received good things, and likewise, Lazarus, evil things, but now he's comforted and you're tormented. Next verse. Besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot. Nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you therefore that you would send him to my father's house. Wherever he was is so real that he could remember even the people from the earth. And he says, send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them least they also come to this place in torment. That verse shows you that the reason he was there was not his riches. It's something he hadn't believed. Let's continue. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, Father Abraham. But if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. Uh -huh. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses, they don't hear and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. 
In short, for some, the only opportunity they will have is an opportunity like this one. Some maybe may be watching online. You may be scrolling. You're about to scroll down. Don't scroll. I'll appear in your conscience to say hi. <laughs> Others, you may have come to this place. This could be the only opportunity. And Abraham was so convinced that, look, if they're not going to listen to you, even if Jesus stepped down right now and said, I rose from the dead, eventually the same people won't listen. They'll come up with a scientific explanation. But my point in sharing this verse is that there was actually a reality, and it's a reality that's different from the earthly one, such that the guy could even remember saying, look, I've got brothers. Send someone to go talk to them. There are people who are, as it stands right now, there are people who are experiencing torment. And they wish they could have an opportunity to hear the word of God like this again. And if they had it, I've got a feeling they would stop me in the middle of the sermon and say, just lead me to Christ. But as it stands, there are also people who are experiencing glory. And heaven is happening right now. And I can show you from the scriptures. Again, Acts chapter 7. Verse 55. Let's start from 54. There's a gentleman named Stephen. And Stephen was being stoned. And people were, for, were probably feeling pity for him. Was when he spoke, remember his face began shining. He still didn't care. And then when he spoke, the Bible says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. Next verse. But he being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. The guy actually spent time looking. It's like, remember the Holy Spirit knows the deep things of God. And when we go into now, Explaining the difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, if there is. You will see in a few weeks. You realize that the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. He's the one who runs it. It's in him. He's the one who manifests it. Because the kingdom of God is spiritual. And, the whole, and if you've studied the Godhead, you realize that the Father is the operator, the Son is the administrator, and then the Spirit is the manifester. He's the one who manifests it. And so you find that we see the fullness of the Trinity in this one. Have you noticed? Because Stephen is on earth, and then he was full of the Spirit. And so when he was full of the Spirit, he was able now to see by the eyes of the Spirit. His eyes could see. And he's looking, and he begins to gaze into heaven. So heaven was happening at that very moment. He wasn't looking into the future. He was looking into now. And he gazed into heaven. And when he saw, when he gazed into heaven, he saw the glory of God, literally. And he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Now, this moment is something that I believe there is something we can learn from it. It's almost as if, can I put it? I'm trying to find, I've got a picture example. Have you ever watched those movies where you need to unlock something? And so there's like a key, like a round thing you're moving. Then you have to synchronize it with another one. And then when they match, something is unlocked. It's almost as if for Stephen, what he experienced at that moment was that heaven's reality was synchronizing with his reality. Like in that moment, the attention of heaven was on him, on earth. And that's why he could even say, receive the spirit. Jesus wasn't even seated at the right hand. He was standing. <laughs> we don't know. Maybe he was giving him a standing ovation. Eh? Because the guy said something that only Jesus had said. People were stoning him. But the reality of heaven was so real. Look at the next verse. The next verse. He said, look, I see the heavens opened. And the son of man standing at the right hand of God. Next verse. They cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. What a way to have one accord. Very next verse. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of the young man named Saul. That meant he was saying, I claim responsibility for this. Uh -huh. 
And they stoned Stephen and he was calling on God saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Praise God. And next verse. Then he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not judge them with this sin. When he had said this, he fell asleep. How real was heaven to him that the stone wasn't hurting that much? Such that the guy could turn and say, don't judge them with this sin. So none of them were judged with that sin. Who knows? Maybe that was where Saul's repentance came from. Because the death of a martyr, scripturally, the blood of a martyr cries out. I want you to imagine that. How real was it? Is there a way we can come to a place where heaven's reality can synchronize with ours and we can experience the glory of God here on earth? Let's look at one more portion of scripture. Do these things get you thinking? I want you to see Genesis chapter 28 and verse... 12. This is speaking about Jacob. The guy slept on a stone. Please don't go sleep on a stone saying no. Obviously, if you sleep on a stone. So at this point, Jacob was, you know, he, he was somewhat on the run because he knew Esau. He never wanted to meet his brother Esau again. So he was in between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> Not so. <laughs> and verse 11, so he came to a certain place, stayed there all night because the sun had set, and he took one of the stones <laughs> and put his head, and he laid down in that place to sleep. So if there's anyone here who's been in between a rock and a hard place, may you experience the glory Jacob experienced. Amen. <laughs> it may sound like a joke to you, but for someone, that's their revelation. They're just not shouting amen. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Imagine that. Next verse. And behold, the Lord stood above it, hey, <laughs> and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Next verse. And your descendants shall be as dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and east, and to the north and south, and in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I'm with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke in his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. But do you see that he had a synchronization with the reality of heaven? The reality of heaven synchronized with his. And he got to experience God speaking to him. And he named that place something. He named it. He said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And he called this place Bethel, meaning house of God. I'll never forget years ago when I read this, I had to have similar experiences, except I wanted to know it. So I got a poster and literally wrote, like made a poster written Bethel and stuck it on my door. And also, initially, I even stuck it in my room as well. I was very serious because I wanted to experience. And there are some things I can't share. But I can tell you, God can actually give grace for someone to have an experience of this. My major point, though, was to emphasize that heaven is happening right now. But could it be that we can synchronize with it? I think so. Jesus showed us from the scriptures. He taught us to pray, and I want us to pay attention to the prayer. Uh -huh. Our which heaven, hallowed, 
Thy kingdom wait. Thy kingdom wait. Thy kingdom what? Come. And then? Thy will be done. Where? As? Where? So in short, through prayer. <laughs> Do you see that? That actually through prayer. Prayer is actually an invitation for us to cause the earth to cooperate with heaven. God wants us to be able to synchronize our realities with that which is happening in heaven. I can show you another verse. Matthew 16. Give me verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. <laughs> and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Next verse. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of what? Heaven. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Let's read it again. If today I said I'll give you the keys to my car, what does that mean? It's an invitation for you to drive it. Hold on. I had left something when I, on, on my way to church. There's something that I didn't carry. And so later on, I, I sent someone. I should have sent Chipili and Aaron. And I gave them the keys to my house. I gave them the keys. That means at that point, they had access. If they wanted to drink the juice that I've drank, I'll, I'll, I'll go check. <laughs> What am I trying to say? It means the very, I give them the keys to the gate and I give them the keys to the door. That means at that very point, they had access and they could go there even without my permission. At that point, they could go there. Give my keys back. Now, <laughs> what am I trying to say? Oh, look at that. Jesus tells Peter because Peter had a revelation of him and Jesus tells him, okay, Flesh and blood has not revealed that unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say to you, you're Peter. I can do a teaching on identity in that, but that's... Then he says, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail. Notice it says the gates of Hades, the gates of hell shall not prevail. There are two interpretations of sin of that. Number one interpretation is that Firstly, it doesn't say hell shall not prevail against your gates. It says the gates of Hades shall not prevail. We are not the ones on the retreat. We are the ones on the attack. I'll never forget in my early days as a believer, I had a very strange experience, which I, 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 up to now maybe I've never fully understood. And in the experience, I was, I was reading it recently because I wrote it down. I was talking to somebody on the road. And the person said, I've got something I would like to tell you. I said, okay, sure. And the person says, I'm actually a Satanist. Everything in me started shrinking. <laughs> and there was, the face started turning to fire. There was evil laughter. I was trying to let out English words. Nothing was happening. I started, yakata. And I began to speak in other tongues, and it changed. I think if, that, if, if our dreams are correlated, that person said having a bad dream now. Because now I was the one chasing. I said, hey! <laughs> Interestingly, that was a very strange period of time because I would have very strange dreams. The very next day, no, this one, maybe no. No. This one can't be said out loud. The very next day, I had almost a similar dream. Somebody else came, and I was ready. I was like, okay, oh, really, another one? <laughs> and the person says, wait, please preach to us one many. And I found myself in a room full of people who were <laughs> on couch and the like, and I was preaching to them. Whether that was symbolic or it was happening, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but in, the re in reality, I have had a few experiences where I've ministered to people in the couch. No, and no, they're not found like in strange huts and the like. One of the first ones I preached to was at Onza when I was a student. 
fellow students who were in the same class group. And so as we were walking, I heard them speaking of meditation and I, I could tell there was something that ah, the same thing. I've even missed my my period of this. this, this. So I asked them, saying, Oh, are you Hindu? I said, No, 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 no. I'm my own God. So when they said that, I could immediately tell because I linked it to uh, I, I knew some of the occultic teachings. I said, oh, really? Can you tell me about that? So the person says, okay, let's wait. After the class group meeting, we can remain, and then I can share with you. I said, feel free, I'm interested. <laughs> and so after the meeting ended, everyone left, and so she remains and said, do you know you can be your own God? You know, I already knew that. I, I knew the teaching. I knew it was a new age teaching. Um, I knew it because I'd read Sid Roth's book, um, what book is that? There's got to be more. And Sid Roth used to be in the occult before. So, um, you know, you can be your own God. You know, this, 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 this. I, like me right now, I'm telling you, I can read people's aura. I said, really? Yeah. Like that person, that person, their aura is yellow. So that means ABCD. I said, oh, that one, their aura is green. So it means ABCD. I said, okay. Then I looked and said, what about mine? And then she freaked out. Say, hey! What are you? You're very spiritual. I said, okay, now, you know the supreme being? <laughs> I'm telling you. I turned and said, you know the supreme being? I said, yes. I said, I've met him. How? Ah! I said, he lives in me. And in tr- the person was very open and I preached the gospel to them. They even needed healing. And <laughs> God touched them. So I know what I'm talking about. Okay? And the very next day I had a dream. Okay, I used to have dreams those days. There was a time I think I had a dream every day for a year. And then afterwards, I had a year where there were like five dreams in total. <laughs> and that's, I don't know whether I, I, I feel like at some point I became too dependent. Like if somebody came to me with a prayer request and needed counsel from God, I was like, okay, don't worry, I'll dream. <laughs> then the dreams dried up. I had to learn to say, God, what are you saying? God, I will wait for you. <laughs> And they're like, and I'll never forget the very next day I had a dream. And in that dream, I was preaching to a bunch of people. And they were all in Roma girls' school uniforms. Interesting, eh? How many people here have been at Roma girls before? Raise your hands. <laughs> if you were to do a survey at WEM, you'd be amazed. You'd think we got the whole school. I don't know how, but a lot of them, I, I, I've never understood it up to now. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is, this has just reminded me. And then, there would be those mornings. You know that thing where you're struggling to wake up, but then it's not a demon. Like the room is full of angelic beings, and you're wondering, what on earth is going on? Sometimes you're even thinking, guys, I want to sleep. It's only a few years later when I realize, Fred, 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 you could have asked so many questions. I'm not joking. I would wake up and it's like the whole room is just flooded with light. We can actually experience the reality of heaven here on earth. That's why he told us to pray. And now, let's, let's go back to the keys part. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. When you have keys, what does that mean? You've got access. You can unlock. You can unlock the portal of God to, to come down here on earth. You can unlock it. And it says, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What's that? That's synchronization. It means you can be able to make things on earth as they are in heaven. Who came with me for that healing campaign in Mandevo? Who was with me? Healing campaign Mandevo. Last things you were with me. I've forgotten who else came. When we prayed for a certain woman whose leg was broken. And then uh, somebody came to visit the nurse and her leg also got broken. On the same side. They were afraid for me. No, no need to be afraid. Don't worry. And I will never forget sharing the word of God with her. Because the, her reaction to the word, I, I don't think I've seen that as much. As I was sharing the word of God, she was smiling. And I was sharing. Jesus told us to pray. On earth as it is in heaven. And she was smiling. And I was like, if you went to heaven today, do you think that issue would be there? And the person said, no. I said, in heaven, they would give you a new leg. I said, in the same way, we can declare if his will is going to happen on earth as it is in heaven. I, and I said, look, 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 look. 
if those who make cars are so smart that they've got spare parts, are you telling me that God who made you <laughs> does not have the ability? Oh, glory, glory, glory. I, I said, are you telling me? If you wanted to know, that's my revelation on creating miracles. That's my revelation. That's, for me, that's it. That's the scripture I use. That's it. Whatever would happen if they went to heaven, let it happen here on earth. And I said, do you know that he can create something new? I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk! And what happened in that moment? When we release the power, we are unleashing the technology of heaven. I, I, I said it before. Whenever the human race thinks of aliens, they think of the superior race. We are here. They think of, <laughs> they think of a race that's got bigger technology. The anointing is the technology of heaven. It's, it's, the supernatural is the technology of heaven. And what does technology do? It makes life easier. When, right now on earth, we're no longer in the days where you've got access to a telephone like once a week and you have to go put a coin in it. You can actually have a mobile phone and use it the whole day. Those days of only having access to the anointed once a year. No, there was that day. My hand was shaking. I didn't even know why. And then I prayed for that person and then that headache and that remains your testimony all your life. No, 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 no. You can have access to it every day. It, we can have heaven synchronized with earth. And there are actually keys to it. Praise God. I, I've, and in case you wanted to know the keys, I've actually taught sermons on the keys. Not so. I think they're there on the podcast channel. I don't know if you remember some of the keys. There's the key of the key of David, which is Judah, right? It's praise and worship. It's um, it's a life devoted to God. There is the key of knowledge. All these are in the scriptures. The key of knowledge. So they are keys to the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. I can give you another one. There is the key of honor. Buy the truth and sell it not. Praise God. I want to make... We are still continuing in this series. And now here is the part that I want us to focus on. Another thing we should know about heaven, there is a heavenly host. You can see that in Genesis 2 verse 1. You can also see that in Mark 12 verse 25. When it says, when they rise from the dead... They will neither marry nor be given in marriage, but be like the angels in heaven. Praise God. In, we see that the saints are in heaven. You can see that in Hebrews 12, verse 22. Maybe let's go there. Hebrews 12, 22. It's like our theme scripture for the church. The Bible tells us, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. That's what's there. What else is there? The general assembly of the church. So there's a church general assembly in heaven. And then to God, the judge of all. And to the spirits of just men made perfect. So those men who are just have been made perfect. They were not made perfect. If you read Hebrews 11, they were not yet made perfect. They were just just. Because the Bible says God didn't want them to come to perfection without us. What else do we know about heaven? God has prepared a place for us in heaven. You know that? God has prepared a place for us in heaven. He has. Jesus was not joking when he said, in my father's house there are many mansions. Just make sure you don't have a seventh quarter. Eh? Just make sure of that. Someone may be asking how. Like, you know, like, this Christianity for being on the line, like you're just on the borderline right? And usually those are the ones in the most debates. Is it wrong to this? No, is it really wrong? Just on the line. Are you sure? <laughs> you want to be one of those who when entering heaven, they wouldn't give it to my t-shirts. Just made it. Like, <laughs> barely made it. <laughs> what am I trying to say? It's one thing to be on the cross with Jesus and be told to be with me in paradise. 
hey, that's another one that shows the reality of it. Eh? Jesus said today, he didn't say tomorrow. But it's another thing to receive a reward. A huge reward. In, in our father's house, there are many mansions. And Jesus said, if it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. I know there are many revelations of that verse, but the fact is there are mansions in heaven. Just never lose that reality. There are many ones. And mine is God. Hey! God. I would want a section like where like all the crutches of the people have Okay, so there are many mansions in heaven. And the final thing I want us to know about heaven, the context of now. Philippians, verse 20. Praise God. Someone say glory. Let's go to 3, verse 20. And I want us to read it together at the count of three. One, two, three, read. Do you know that when you're a believer, when you're born again, a citizen in heaven. Like you're on the registry. The day I realized that, I said, oh, if that's the case, then I, I demand rights to the economy of heaven. I demand rights to the protection of heaven. And I demand rights to the technology of heaven. And it means that when I'm walking on earth, I'm in this earth, but I'm not of it. I'm a citizen of heaven, so here I'm an alien. Here to help the human race, praise God. <laughs> and apart from that, I'm here as an ambassador. Because our aim is to expand this kingdom. Now, next week, which is where we'll start from, you'll realize that every time Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven, you'll notice he was either explaining how it originated, or he was explaining how it spread. And so, when we look at how it spread, is when you get to understand the concept of the kingdom of God. Why am I saying so? Because as much as England can be one country, Great Britain isn't. Not so. For example, do you know the rock called uh, there's a place called Gibraltar. How many of you know Gibraltar? Gibraltar should be next to Spain, right? If you do your geography. Are you aware that it's part of Great Britain? Are you aware that they are part of Antarctica that are part of Britain today? <laughs> oh boy. We don't watch those shows on YouTube, Geography Now and all that kind of stuff. You guys don't go on YouTube to watch Geography. Wait, are you guys serious? You know, I spend hours watching that stuff. Eh? The other day, I watched a three-hour documentary on Yugoslavia. And that one was specifically focusing on how Croatia broke away from Yugoslavia. And then the next one I'm watching is on Serbia. And then I'll watch on Bosnia. Then I'll watch on Kosovo. <laughs> and on Slovakia. <laughs> but what am I trying to say? Do you know that this country, when it was called Northern Rhodesia, was part of Great Britain? So Southern Rhodesia, which was part of Great Britain. Why? The aim was not to make the piece of land in England larger. The aim was to expand the kingdom by getting other territories. Understanding that concept will help you understand that as the kingdom of heaven spreads, you understand the concept now of the kingdom of God. 
and why, although heaven is in a specific location, the kingdom of God, Jesus said, is in you. That's what Jesus said. So let's look at that next week. What do you think? Because for us, it's been given to know these mysteries. Praise God. I want to give one or two minutes to ask a very important question. Is your name in the book of life? Are you registered in the kingdom of heaven? When they are doing the roko in the kingdom of heaven, is your name mentioned? And you can tell because your heart bears witness to it. And you know, I'll tell you as someone who's been preaching for a while, that in a nation like Zambia, it can be a little difficult. Because in Zambia, everyone is a Christian. You can get very good biblical advice from the back today. Everyone believes they're a Christian. But then you'll come to understand that when Jesus was teaching on the topic of being born again, he actually taught it initially to a religious man who was named Nicodemus. So it's very possible to be religious, to do your due diligence, but you've not given Jesus Christ lordship over your life. And it's easy to tell. One of the ways you can tell is by the way you're living your life. Listen, is just a certain way of life which you know if the Lord Jesus wants to come today, I'm gone. It's either you're in it or you're not. And many have a likening for Jesus as Savior, but they've never known him as Lord. And interestingly, for salvation, it says if you confess the Lord. It's where you confess his Lordship. It's like you say, look, you're now the Lord over my life. And it would be so sad if you never made it to heaven because it's so easy. It's as easy as responding to a message such as this one. Don't become the one who will say, Lord, send me back. May those words never be used against you. That you had Apostle Fred, you had Pastor Joe, you had all those. But you never listen. Never let those words be used against you. Also, don't say, I give my life privately. In the Bible, Jesus quote people publicly. For that matter, it didn't take as long as me. You just go and say, follow me. Praise God. So I want to give you that opportunity. And there's nothing to be shy about. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. If I came here and I was announcing scholarships, you wouldn't be shy about your name being mentioned. You would actually want to be mentioned. So there's nothing to be shy about. If there's anyone who's in that position, raise your hands, please. Anyone who wants to give their life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand. We'll say the same prayer, okay? Lift your hands, please. And say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as Lord. Amen. Keep your hands lifted. Now be filled with the Spirit in Jesus' name. Each and every one of you, I pray of be filled with the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Just allow him. He's doing his thing on you. Yes. 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 Be filled with the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name. Yes.
wow, what a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on the City of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.